Now let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God okay, as we go into the sermon for today. Psalm 96, let's read out loud. Are you ready? Let's go. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and glory are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Say among the nations, The Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For He comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We ask for Your Holy Spirit to come and speak to us through Your Word so that we will learn to see through Your eyes, feel as You feel, and do as You do to participate with You in Your great mission. For Your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. According to 1 Chronicles 16, the inspiration for this psalm came when King David brought the Ark of the Covenant that symbolized the presence of God into Jerusalem. And this psalm is looking back at this glorious event when King David was on the throne. But it also looks forward to another David, the son of David, who will come uh, to set up his kingdom, to rule the earth and judge the nations. So the psalm, psalmist tells us in verse 2, Sing to the Lord, praise His name, proclaim His salvation day after day. How often do you and I proclaim the fact that we have been saved by the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? This is something that should be part of our lives. You know, it's not enough to come and sing once a week. By the way, when we come, please do sing. <laughs> yeah, that's scriptural. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Yeah? It doesn't say stand and watch. <laughs> okay? Sing. But singing is not complete. Because after we sing to the Lord, the, the very truths of what, has, what He has done in our lives, we should be proclaiming this day after day, that His grace 
and mercy has been showered upon us and that we are saved. Can you say amen? How many of you are, are glad that you, God has saved you? Come on. That you have a home in heaven, that no matter what happens, you know, He will never leave you nor forsake you. So, this should be natural for us. We, and by the way, we should not be content to just worship God by ourselves, you know, as long as I and my family, we are worshipping God, you know, it's enough. No, we want the people who do not know Him yet to also know Him, sing with us, and worship the Lord. Now, this joy that we have will not be complete until that happens. Do we proclaim His salvation? Do we have a chance to do so? Well, tomorrow, when you go back to your workplace or your school, and, you know, you talk at the, at the, at the coffee, you know, time, break time, and they ask you, and you ask your, your, your colleague, you know, what did you do? You know, last weekend, you know, you have a good time. Uh, he, they will tell you, oh, I went, I have fun here and there. And then they ask you, what did you do? Did you have a good time? You say, yes, yes, I had a good time. Don't tell them, you know, I am boring, I went to church again. Uh. <laughs> tell them, I had a good time. I, I went to worship my God. And, uh, you know, I learned so much. I learned that even though there's suffering in life, there's meaning, there's hope. Amen. That was the Job series, by the way. And then you can tell them, you know, you can come and you can learn too. So, you know, this is one way that we can proclaim His salvation and proclaim it day after day. By the way, 70% of people who visit a church, they do so because they were personally invited. Very few people just stumble into a church. I mean, it does happen, but very rare. Most of the time, they come because someone invited them. How many of you came to a ch went to a church for the first time, any church, right? Because someone invited you. Come on, wave to me. Because someone invited you. Okay. How many of you stumble in by yourself? You know, you just accidentally found one. Yeah, that's about one person. See, very rare, right? Majority of us. You know, someone invited us. So this is something that happens when we start talking and we say, hey, why don't you come over? Okay. And proclaiming is not just, uh, I mean, in this case, the word proclaim refers to the duty of a herald. Someone who walks ahead of the king who is returning from battle to declare that our king has won the victory. And this is what we can do. We can say the Lord Jesus has conquered death and therefore he is our savior. Verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, not just among our own friends and families. It goes further than that. His wonders among all peoples. You see, our worship should, of our true God should overflow with a desire to see the nations worship God. Worship is the motivation and the goal of missions. This is what motivates us. And finally, when people get saved, they will also worship the one true God. The highest motive for missions is not, I must do it or else I feel guilty. It is for God to be made known, for God to be glorified among the nations. Can you say amen? This is why we share Christ, so that around the throne will be gathered people from every language, tribe, and tongue glorifying God. Psalm 96 has been called the Great Commission of the Old Testament because it says, declare His glory among 
the nations, not just the people of Israel. It talks about all peoples. Every people group must know the glory of our God. Paul said in Romans 15, Christ became a servant to the circumcised, that's the Jews, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. Remember, God told Abraham, I will bless you and I will bless all the families of the earth through you. So it was fulfilled when Jesus came. And what was this all about? In order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. Now, who are Gentiles? Any Gentiles here today? Oh, Gentiles, put up your hand. Gentiles, Gentiles, okay. The rest of you Jews, huh? Oh, maybe Chinese Jew, I don't know. <laughs> you and I can glorify God's mercy because Jesus Christ became a servant to the circumcised. And it is about glorifying the mercy of God. But there are still millions of unreached people, billions who have not heard of the glory of our God, the merciful God that we serve. They are still waiting for someone to go and tell them. And these people will not go unless we, we send them. The church has to send them out so that they will know that there is no other God, that there is only one God. Do you believe that there's only one true God? Can you say amen? The world does not believe that. You know, this is very common, you know. I mean, I was talking to this driver again, you know, most of the time when I talk to people, it's because they're stuck with me for an hour, you know. So we are going to the airport uh, in KL, you know, traffic jam, you know, raining. So young man, bubbly, you know, t uh, about 30 years old. I asked him, why do you drive? You know, he, he picked me up my X-Trail, you know, Nissan X-Trail, right? So he said, yeah, I cannot make much money because this car burned a lot of fuel, you know. So then why do you drive Grab? He say, I drive so that I can learn English. I said, wow, really? Uh? Yeah, you know, he's practicing English with me. You know? <laughs> and he said, before I drive Grab a few months ago, I, I cannot speak English at all. Now I can speak English, you know. So that's one way to learn because he picked out a lot of foreigners and the foreigners, you know, can only speak what? English. <laughs> so their English is also not good. His English is not good. Okay, never mind. I both learn together. <laughs> okay. He say, if, when I talk to my friend, I make mistakes. They are not talk. But to foreigner, he can say anything, you know. All right? So very clever man, you know. He, he knows where to learn. So I ask him, okay, you learn English. After that, what are you going to do? I want to be a tour guide. <laughs> you see? So he knows where he's going. So we talk, 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 and I share with him my testimony. And I talk to him about Christ, and he says, oh, yeah, or, uh, but you have your God, you know, like, we also have our God, and there are this God. I also go to this temple, I also go and learn about this, that, you know. To him, the more gods, the merrier, you know. Any God is okay, la, you know. This is the concept of, of the people of our world. But they need to know that there is only one true God. Can you say Amen. And if we believe this, then we must proclaim this, right? So this psalm gives us a, a very simple, you know, flow of idea from how this is going to happen and where it's going. I'm borrowing this outline from Philip Layton. It's so simple. It says, God must be glorified by the gospel's proclamation. The first six verses is about proclaiming, singing, 
proclaiming to the nations. And then verse 7 to 10 talks about worship from all the nations that ascribe to the Lord, all the families of nations, ascribe to the Lord the glory and strength, the glory due His name. And then He says, bring and what? Offering. You see, in true worship, we come not to get, even though we will definitely get, but our primary motivation is to come and give something to the Lord. In ancient times, when someone wanted to go and see a king, they have to bring a gift. And I think things have not changed much until today, right? So when we come before the great king of kings, we bring an offering. We bring not just an offering. We bring our lives, our bodies. Paul says in Romans 12 that, you know, acceptable worship to God means bringing our bodies as living sacrifices to do God's will. Bring your body and when you do so, you say, God, I surrender. I'm available to do your will. Whatever you call me to do, I will do. Wherever you send me to go, I will go. Even if it is just across the water to Batukawan. It's all right. Most of us will not go further than that. I know a lot of Penang people who don't even want to leave the island, you know. When they leave the island, it's called going overseas because it's surrounded by sea, <laughs> okay? But that is what it may mean to say, Lord, I bring my body and wherever you want me to go, I will go. Verse, six, verse 9 says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Ha, there's more to it. Tremble before Him all the earth. You say, what? Worship God must tremble one. Yeah. Because the word tremble is expresses awe, a profound awe. And the word worship, by the way, means to bow down. That's the, the Hebrew word. When John saw Jesus on the island of Patmos, when he was exiled for his faith, he saw the risen Christ and he fell down as dead. That is what happens. Steve Lawson, in his book, on the psalm says, when approaching such blazing holiness, people should tremble before him in reverential awe. That means when we come into God's presence, don't play player. This is serious. Worshiping God is never a casual experience. But, we, but it should be so gripping, even traumatic. Huh? Traumatic in the right sense, lah, Okay that is something that has an impact on us, okay? So, say among the nations, the Lord reigns, the world also is firmly established, it shall not be moved, he shall judge the peoples righteously. Now, what does it mean when it says the earth is firmly established? We know, you know, when we stand on the earth, does it move? It doesn't, right? Unless there's an earthquake, okay? And it's not talking about the kind of moving, it shall not be moved. What he's saying is this, that even though when you look out in the world, there is turmoil. Nations are in war. It's called trade war. If trade war cannot be settled, later there could be a shooting war. Now, we know that even in our neighborhood, huh, the South China Sea, huh, there are many overlapping claims, right? 
right? Some nations say, this part mine. Another nation says, this part mine. This part mine, right? Philippines, Vietnam, Malaysia, overlapping. And then one nation says, everything mine. You know what I'm talking about, right? Ah, yeah. It's because it's called the South China Sea. It's not the Malaysian Sea, see? <laughs> they draw nine dashes and that's it. This is all ours. Get lost. <laughs> okay? If not, we send our battleships in. <laughs> we build islands. Huh? So, we live in a world full of tension. You know? There is a lot of tension in the Indian uh, subcontinent, by the way. Two neighbors are nuclear armed. They're fighting over one piece of land. Right? Every now and then, there's shooting going on. You don't hear about it. Huh? And further up in the Middle East, every time you want to fly across there, please pray. <laughs> now they have drones. Huh? And the drones, from what I read, is very hard to stop. Okay? This technology has gone to the point where it's out of control, really. It doesn't take a lot to get a drone but the drone can take out a lot of things, okay? So we are living in a very dangerous world. Huh? But the psalmist says, it shall, we, shall, we cannot, we don't need to be moved. In other words, do not worry. You don't have to worry because God is still sovereignly in control. Can I say amen? Not only is he in control, but he shall judge the world. He shall judge the peoples righteously. And you cannot pay the judge to acquit you. And you cannot even drag the, the, the court case until the next election. So you didn't laugh. Don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but one day, God will bring justice and fairness. Can you say amen? He will set everything right. Everyone will get what they deserve. So, this is part of the gospel, by the way. That God is coming back to judge the world. This is also the good news. He said, no, it's bad news. Yeah, it's bad news if you're not ready to face the judge. If you're ready, this is the best news. That means all the injustice will be made right. Now, today when we share the gospel, what do we tell them? Here are two statements that's very that's part of the gospel, okay? The first one says, we tell them, Jesus wants to be your saviour and friend. Second part, Jesus wants to be your Lord. Okay, let me ask you, which one is easier to tell a non-Christian? First one or second one? Hello? First one, of course. I, I don't mind having a friend, you know. One more friend won't hurt, right? Okay, Jesus, be my friend. Be my Lord. Are you kidding I already have one, one boss, and that's the one I'm married to. Okay. I don't need another one. Okay. A second message is not popular, and so as a result, most of the time, we stop at the first, and we never go to the second, and the gospel is deficient in a sense. Okay. And it's, it's sad, but this is something that the, you know, the early Christians, they did regularly. Okay? You look at the book of Acts and you see what they did. Early Christians proclaimed the lordship and the reign of Christ that he is coming back soon to judge the earth. And they proclaimed this very, very subversive message called Jesus is what? Lord. 
Now, today, you and I, when we say, Jesus is the Lord, you can shout it out. It costs you nothing. But in the first century, under the Roman Empire, when you, anybody said, Jesus is Lord, you can lose your life. Why? Because in the Roman Empire, there's only one Lord. Caesar is Lord. To say Jesus is Lord is to be arrested under Sosma. <laughs> and whatever, whatever Ma, I don't know, I can't remember how much, all, all those, those laws that are still not repealed yet. Huh? They're still arresting people under those laws, by the way, okay? So it's, it was con considered treasonous. That means you're committing treason when you say there is another king. There is another Lord, but they were willing to pay the price because they believe this is the truth. This is the word of God. We cannot deny it. So, when we look at the book of Acts, we don't look for Savior. Look hard. It appears only twice. You want to find the word Lord? You find it 107 times. Can you see the slant? Today, we say, Jesus is your friend, 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 friend. And then we stop. To them, the first century, no. Jesus is Lord. That's the message. That's the good news. There is a new king. And he is the righteous king. And when you receive him into your life, then you will be all right. You'll be ready to meet him when he comes as the judge. So that was the gospel. 207 times the book of Acts tonight when you cannot, if you cannot sleep, please read Acts and look for all the lords there. Okay? By the time you find the last one, you might fall asleep. Huh? This was the part that they preached. Now, Paul preached to the pagans in Acts 17. This is what he, his message, right? Give me one example. The God who made the world and all things in it, He is the Lord of heaven and earth. In the past, he overlooked such ignorance. That means, you know, he, he overlooked the fact that, you know, people don't acknowledge him. They pray to this God, that God, this idol, that idol. But now he commands all people everywhere to what? Repent. See, this is the gospel message. It's a call to repentance. For he has set a day when he will Judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So the resurrection of Jesus was very much a part of their message to tell the people, this Jesus whom God raised from the dead, to prove that he is God, he is coming back. And you will have to stand before him and answer to him. This was part of the good news. So, do we preach this good news? I confess it's not easy. But if we do not, may, we may, let's not be surprised when people say, you know, yeah, you know, I, Jesus wants to be my friend. I already have enough friends. <laughs> Keep this to yourself, okay? They won't take it seriously if they do not know that one day they have to answer to this same Jesus who came to be their saviour because they will meet him as the judge. So God must be glorified in evangelism 
and missions by the gospel's proclamation, by worship from all nations, and finally by joy in all of creation. I want you to see the movement. It starts from all believers, and then it goes to all unbelievers, and finally, it includes all creatures, including your dog and your cat. Right? They will all be glorifying God. Now, Haynes said this, Worship is both the fuel that fires the boiler and the goal toward which missions move. It comes out of worship, it proclaims the gospel, and it leads back to worship. You see, one day, all of creation will worship and will acknowledge God. And the psalmist closes this psalm with these words, Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad, let the sea roar, and let the field be joyful. And the, even the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. That means all of creation. Does it happen? Will this happen? And Jesus went into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, which we call Palm Sunday. This is what happened. The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God with loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were shouting that. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. How did Jesus reply? I tell you, if these people keep quiet, the stones will cry out because all of creation was created to glorify the Creator. This is what Paul says in Romans 8, by the way. Okay, I won't read to you the whole, the whole verse, huh? but you can read it with your eyes faster, okay? The whole world was under the curse because Adam and Eve sinned. Okay? And as a result, they are in bondage and they are waiting for the day when they will be released from bondage when Jesus Christ comes back and restores creation. Okay? So all of creation will praise God, and that includes all peoples. Similar themes are found in Psalm 67. That your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations, and that all peoples will praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. God blesses us. Now, what, why does God bless us, by the way? God blesses us that, that what? That we may be happy and relax and go for holiday? No. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear Him. That's why God blesses His people. You know, I thank God. It's such a privilege. You know? Every time when, when I write my check, to pay for my faith promise, huh? my tithes, my faith promise to missions. I think of the people that are going out to preach the gospel in all these nations that you saw on this white sheet of paper, that I have a small part to play, you know. Small part because what I give is spread out, you know, to all these places, just like what you give, right? And I thank God for this privilege that even though I don't, have to go to these places when they hear the gospel and they bow before the throne of Jesus Christ, I get a share of the reward. I tell you that's a great deal. 
You know, that's a wonderful deal. Okay, that I get to live in a beautiful island of Penang. Huh? You know, this is a privilege. How many of you think Penang is a beautiful place to live? Come on, say amen. Amen. Traffic jam is getting bad, but apart from that, it's okay, right? I mean, you know, I, I thank God that, you know, He brought me to a place where I look up, there's a hill, you know. And when I have time, I ride up the hill. Yesterday morning, I rode up the hill, you know. And I enjoy the outdoors. Eh? And we are surrounded by the sea. And we have some of the best food in the world. And I get to participate in missions, even though I live here most of the time. Now, of course, once in a while, once in a while, we go out on a mission trip, right? And we, quote, unquote, suffer. Poor toilet, huh? Sometimes the food is very funny. Uh, I remember when, when I first, one of the first mission trips that I led from PCC went uh, to the longhouse, a time real longhouse, uh, skulls hanging, okay? All right? Bathe in the river, okay? Sleep on the, on, the, on the mat, and then down there, the pigs and chicken are sleeping down there. You know, it was like that, right? But that's nothing. That's quite okay, by the way. <laughs> we went to Northeast Thailand, I remember. And, uh, you know, we were eating. And one of the things that, you know, they eat there is called cricket. You know what's the cricket? It's an insect, right? With legs and a fat body, right? So, you say, ah, yeah, cricket only lah, pastor. But it's not deep fried. It's stir fried. So, they just stir, 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 and then... So that cricket, when you put it into your mouth, you pray, oh God, have mercy. <laughs> when you bite the cricket, the contents, the intestines and what, burst out into your mouth, you know, and you feel the thing splatter all over your mouth and you say, oh God, please help me. <laughs> you try to swallow it as fast as you can. And after that, you're traumatized. <laughs> no food tastes nice for the next three days, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is what it means to be out there, and, and they call it breakfast, by the way, <laughs> all right? Now, how many of you say, thank God he did not send me there? <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I get to live in beautiful Penang, and I get to partner with people who live in these places, who preach the gospel, who risk getting arrested, and when people believe in Jesus and worship the Lamb, one day, I will get a share of the reward. I tell you, this is a great deal. You cannot get it better than that. Amen? We get to live in a beautiful part of the world, and all we do is we pray for them, and we give to missions. We partner with our church, all right? And then we enjoy this beautiful island, and we share. I tell you, this is a great partnership. I can't find a better partnership than that, right? So this is something that we must do. Even though most of us are not going to go out to these places, but we can partner with them. But time is short. People need the Lord. The nations are waiting because very soon He is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. 2,000 years ago, He came to save, but He's coming to judge. If you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, please do so. Repent. 
and turn from your sin and believe in Him because one day you will stand before Him as the judge. And this is the, this is the gospel that we must proclaim far and wide. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. I want you to know that this mission will be accomplished. Can you say amen? There is no ifs and buts. Jesus says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. But by who? By people who confess him, who worship him, including you and me. Even if it is in partnership with other people. How do we do that? We have to be willing to go or at least send those who are willing to go. Now, some people, they are willing to go, but no one will send them. Some people have money, but don't want to go. So there must be a combination of the two. It will cost money, but more than that, it will cost sacrifice and suffering. Now, you heard of the Nepali people, right? If they, if they baptize a Hindu, the police will arrest them when there's a report. Unless they sign a consent form. So they have to be very careful. And it's like that in much of that part of the world. Okay? Oswald Sanders told this story of an evangelist in India. You know, he walked. He, 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 he's a poor man. He's uneducated, but he loves Jesus. So he walks to the villages. And all these Hindu villages, you know, they, they, they're not open to the gospel. So he walks and one village to another. One day he arrived at a village late in, in the afternoon and then, you know, he was exhausted, but he, he, he wanted to preach, so he, he preached to the people. And they, after listening to him, they, they laughed at him, they scorned him, they mocked him, and they got angry with him, and they chased him out of the village. So he had nowhere to go, so he, he went outside the village, and, you know, he lay down, he very discouraged, very exhausted, you know, walking the whole day, and his feet was all bruised, you know, right, with blisters. So he lay down, and he slept, and as he slept, he was wondering, you know, Will I wake up in the presence of God because they might kill him? This kind of thing happens very commonly, right? It's not reported. So he lay down and he fell asleep, exhausted. And then as soon as he got dark, he was awoken. He was startled. Opened his eyes and he saw all the men from the village surrounding him. And he thought, Jesus, take me home now. <laughs> I'm ready. You know, he expected to be killed. But to his surprise, the head man asked him, you know, we came out to see what kind of man you are. We came out to see. And then when we saw your feet full of blisters, we concluded, you must be a holy man. <laughs> because to them, if you, if you are willing to walk until your feet is all blistered, you must be a holy man. You still see these people, by the way. Huh? When we go to Nepal, we see them, they, they do like that. Right? And they walk, 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 and they do that. Uh, they walk for days. Huh? No wonder their feet get blistered, right? So they thought, oh, this must be a holy man. So they asked, you have walked all the way to our place. What is the message that you want to bring to us? Why have you sacrificed your, your, yourself to, uh, why are you willing to do all this to come and talk to us? And so he said, okay, since you asked me, I'll tell you. <laughs> so he shared the gospel. And the whole village believed in Christ. But it cost him his blisters. In this case, the cost wasn't high. 
sometimes they kill the, the preacher. Okay? So, but whatever it is, it will cause suffering. But the mission will be accomplished. God's mission will be accomplished. Can I say amen? He is coming back to judge the earth. Yes, many of these countries where people do not know Jesus, the laws are getting harder and harder. It's illegal to preach the gospel. But in spite of that, God's mission will still be accomplished. Now, you and I have to decide. Do we want to join the winning side? Or will we just sit on the sidelines and play it safe? Just in case this mission fails, I tell you there is no such possibility. Jesus says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the nations and then the end will come. Because Jesus paid the full price for our sin. Can you say amen? And he is not willing that any should perish. The question is, are we willing if we follow him? So, what will our response be? How will we partner with our church to do what we cannot do individually so that the gospel can be preached in all these nations that we have talked about today? Let's take out our missions, faith, promise as, a, as the worship team comes back. And as God speaks to your heart, all you need to do is just write your name and the amount and then tear off that page, right? And then, when, and then drop it into the offering bag on your way out. And each time when you pay your missions, faith, promise, just write down under the column, okay? Then we know it goes to that. But... Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you and we thank you that the price has been paid by the Lord Jesus for our salvation. And we thank you also for those who are willing to pay the price in suffering to bring the good news of Jesus to our land so that we can hear and we can believe. And now, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to join these who have sacrificed their lives and partner with those who are willing to go so that the good news can be preached in these other nations. Speak to us, Lord, and may we be willing according to our ability and according to the blessings that you have bestowed upon our lives. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.